Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Everyone and welcome to episode number thirty-four of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today we're talking all about Snick. I am Joe Morata, joined by the man to explain it all, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hi, hi, Mister Snick. Mister Snick, that's my name. Folks, thank you so much for joining us here. If this happens to be your first time, we do have 33 other episodes available where, Mr. Snick? In the archives. In the archives. Each week is something different in the world of retro pop culture. And if this is your first time aboard, we hope you stick around. Just stay on this ship. Stay on the ship it if you want It sounds pretty to. straight. I think it's a pretty good ship. Yeah. You can also, if you want to, uh, go over to Twitter, the app formerly known as Twitter, I guess we should say. People are just calling it Twitter. They, we're yeah, still they, calling it that. N- nobody says X. We're just going to go with Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and that is at AWM Podcast. You can follow us there on Twitter or X or whatever you feel like calling it. You can also join our Facebook group if you have Facebook. We have a group there. It's a friendly community where we talk about old retro pop culture stuff. Yeah, the old things. The old things. And that is Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. And finally, whether you're a first-timer or maybe a long-timer, not that we've been doing this a long time, but Mm -hmm. if you're a long-timer, why don't you leave us a review and you can do that on your podcast app of choice. Yes. All right. That's all the particulars out of the way, Michael Quinn. Oh, really? That's it? That's That's quick. Today, we're sneaking in some Snick. Snick. Every Saturday night on Nickelodeon. Snick. What the hell is Snick? Well, of course, as uh, any kid maybe born in the 80s or 90s would know, Snick uh, stood for Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Yes. was a programming block on Saturday nights for 13 years. Yes, and if people are confused, it's not S-N-N-I-C-K. It was weird that they called it Saturday Night Nickelodeon, but that they omitted oh, they the, the second yes. N. Yeah. And they pronounce it the way that you would pronounce Super NES. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's not, all the same. It's not what it's called. Anyway, if you uh, are of a certain age in the 80s or 90s when you were born, you have watched SNCC programming. Yes. And today we are here to give you a little bit of a history, a little bit of a recap. We're not going to go particularly in-depth on any one particular show, although to be upfront. I certainly, and I, I think this goes for Quinn as well. I'll let him answer. I am more familiar with probably the first four or five years of Snick. I don't remember the exact time when I stopped watching Snick. Yeah. I know, like it just kind of like faded as something I cared about Correct. at some point, and that's the idea because yeah. we aged out of the demo, right? Yeah, but I will say this: I remember being extremely excited because they were promoting the heck out of SNCC on Nickelodeon for weeks and maybe even months. So the big draw with it, really, at the time, was that Nickelodeon usually switched to Nick at night at 8 o'clock. Correct. And this was, as a kid, this sometimes felt a little too early. A little too raff. Yeah, a little too raff. A little too raff. You guys, knock it off. And especially on Saturday night when you're a kid, there isn't much for you. Correct. And you'd be like, I don't like know... Like what, what watch? to watch? Right. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. And I, like, there were times when I'm like, man, I just wish Doug was on or something, right? Instead of now, I'm sitting here watching some something with my dad or some mom or poor something. CBS movie or something. Yeah, you know? like, and it's like, damn, it would be really nice if we had some Nickelodeon right now. Right, I could go in the other room and watch that. And that is what Snick did. It gave preteens and the older kids, quote unquote, a sense of having their own thing. That's yes. what it felt like. This is just for me. So take a seat on the big orange couch and Snick. 
if any of you were there during the launch of SNCC, we're transporting you back to the early 90s when we go through this, but we have to get to how we got there. And before we do so, Quinn, I do have a very important question for you. What is a Saturday? It's the day of the weekend where you don't have to go to work or school the next day. Okay. Which is why it holds such prominence. It's it's a true free day. It's unlike Friday where only the night is free. Right. Saturday, you have 100% freedom because you can sleep in and you can stay up late all in one day. Right. It's the best day, really. It's the best day because on Sunday, the first half is like a free day, but then it's school night. Yeah. You got to do work. homework maybe. Yeah. yeah or whatever and, and the case you, may be. You get those Sundays where you're like dreading going to like school or work the next day. Oh, like the- you hit around like, I don't know, like three or four o'clock and you start to realize, man. I know. Yeah. Especially in the winter where it's dark. Yeah. At like 410. Yeah. It's like this stinks. <laughs> it does. Now to the Sunday scaries, that feeling of dread before starting a new work week. Let's take you back to the 1970s. Now, this is a spiritual successor to our Nick at Night episode, which was episode two of Ask Wash Memories, available in the archives. And if you want a more comprehensive history on Nickelodeon, you can get it there. But a a brief refresher, so we're all on the same page here. It started as the C3 channel in 1977 to 1979 in Columbus, Ohio. Wow, that's interesting, considering it's Canadian history. Well, it did import a lot of Canadian television. Uh, And this was on something called the QB, Q-U-B-E system, which is kind of interesting. It was an experimental interactive TV network that had 30 channels, one of them being the C3. On Pinwheel, Cube Channel C3, your children can get to know some pretty interesting characters. It had this big-ass, like, brick-sized remote with all these different buttons on it. And one of the things, and this is very new tech. Remember, this is late 70s, folks. We're talking the Eagles are still together. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. They haven't even made the long run. They're making the long run as the this long is going run doesn't on. even exist yet. No, and they can't tell you why. Shut up. Anyway, you can get pay per view, an early version of pay per view through this QB system. You can also vote on polls on these television shows. Yes, in the seventies. This feels like trying to like adapt television either into early computing or video games, right? It was, ba- you know, how we've talked about this a lot on our show and the long storied history that we've had since January on Very this storied. show. <laughs> a lot of stories about how when technology is emerging and, and all these new concepts are formed, there's always a lot of experimentation and things that don't stick to the wall. Yeah, they don't snick to the wall. <laughs> anyway. QB went under in 1984. Well, so, no, no surprise sorry. there. <laughs> Van Halen is putting out 1984, though. Okay. So that's good. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Meanwhile, Nickelodeon, as it, the way we know it today, was launched on April 1st, 1979. Warner Cable is the one that spearheaded this, and it quickly was picked up by Satellite, which was also an emerging technology and a way to distribute things. So it was kind of on everything. It could have been, yeah. It was yeah. available to everything. Yeah. Uh, the Star Channel which later would become branded as the movie channel and become a premium network, that actually shared the channel space after the Nickelodeon programming from 11 p.m. until 8 a.m. And we talked about how this eventually gave way to Nick at Night. But the one thing that I do want to hone in on here in the history, for the first five or so years of Nickelodeon, the ratings were not good. Uh, Because the idea here was a children's television programming network. Right. But if you're going to have a children's television programming, programming network what do you need well you need children's television 
and they didn't have it. They didn't. They didn't have anything original. So they actually Disney and all them. They were hogging up all the children's right. programming and all the cartoons that were syndicated to you know all right. the various networks that there were. So they were importing a lot of stuff like Quinn Reference from Canada. Yes, this is this is the early quirks of Nickelodeon where you'd be like, who are these people? Right. And like what? <laughs> is this like where did this come from it always had this very distinctly like not from the u.s like you kind of grime on the lens or yeah, something like is this from sweden or like i i don't know like, like <laughs> is this norse what is yeah, this well, like what is Danish? this where did this come from but it's true uh but one of those shows was very popular on nickelodeon which would be you can't do that on television right that was actually a good one for them you can't do that on television has been a ghastly production but overall, with no original programming, even though they had a demo, which was kids, right? They weren't connecting with them. And it was actually known colloquially, internally, as the green vegetable era. Meaning, the parents and the network were like, no, kids, watch this. It's good for you. It's educational, yeah. Yeah, and it's like the same way, you know, a parent tries to get their kid to eat the vegetables that they don't want. Right. Have this. It's a, So kids were watching because they were being told to, not because they were inclined to. Like, you can't do that on television while, like, memorable. It wasn't, like, appointment television or anything. Well, no. You know it, what I mean? It like, it was just, it's like, oh, this is on. It wasn't right? for me either, although I don't want to speak to the kids that were born uh, earlier than us that were watching it you know, when Nickelodeon had option. nothing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe that was like a huge well, it was deal. Like one of the o- it was one of the earliest like things on Nickelodeon that was not crap, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. So in 1984, a new logo was introduced. And as dumb as that sounds, it was a big deal because it became the kid-friendly orange splat logo yes. that we know and love to this day, Which right? I, I do feel like, admit, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the slime thing was taken from you can't do that it's like what's our most popular what are we known for is sliming people I'm, like i think that's 100 percent true it's funny to think that that show is like be, just by happenstance of being the first thing that actually mattered on this channel right like had this weird like it made the logo like, it basically turned into like a nickelodeon trademark right the slime right yeah on double dare and what would you do all and because all those shows. you can't do that on television it's just very weird hey good for them right how do they make that slime they're always dumping on you i don't know so around the same time when they were rebranding the visual look, they also started doing something original that they could control, something to draw the kids in for brand identity, and that was those unique Nickelodeon bumpers, which we have talked about. Oh, those yeah. quick little bumpers that were all different, well-produced, animated. You know like the ones. like a late 80s, early 90s feel to them. They're always just like oddball stuff like kind of like how MTV it's very it's like in the same vein very similar except just focus to a younger audience the bumpers exactly it doesn't matter where you are when Nickelodeon lay you up better off by far Nickelodeon and then Nick at Night, which we mentioned, debuted in July of 1985 as the nighttime programming. And we don't need to really recap what that is, other than That's the fact... the more successful thing of Nickelodeon initially. Especially, the, yeah, the mid-80s, absolutely, because yeah. it was rerunning programs that hadn't been seen in a and long time. And that was actually unique. That was People actually were like, unique. hey, this is really cool, right. actually, right? Exactly. But the big thing that started to really gain momentum for Nickelodeon, and when... Kids like Quinn and myself, if you're born in like the mid, early mid 80s, you were becoming uh, more cognizant of things and more aware. Uh, this is where Nickelodeon started to become what it was in the 90s was Nicktoons. So, Nicktoons, why do they even have to say Nicktoons, right? I well, feel that's like that's point. the first thing, right? What was weird about Nickelodeon 
prior to Nicktoons, right? Most stuff was like live action, like "Hey Dude" or, or something <laughs> like that. Freshman and Welcome all that. Freshman, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Like, and it was kind of like Wizard. What was weird about that was that when you're a kid, what is like the number one thing you want to watch is cartoons, right? And, and there was Cartoon Network, but but the, for some reason Nickelodeon didn't have any cartoons, and you'd be like, "This is the network for kids. Like, why does it have no cartoons?" Right? And if they did have them, they were imported, and they weren't that good. They were weren't yeah. ones I, like I didn't care about David the Gnome or like, Muzzy or whatever they <laughs> did were. They playing. Run Muzzy. They I think they run did Muzzy. in the mornings they or something, not, like in they? the education block. <laughs> like yeah, like it was it was just all over the place. It just wasn't anything anybody cared about right but what was great about the the conception because quinn was mentioning cartoons were everywhere else right i right. mean saturday morning cartoons but they seem notably absent from Correct. nickelodeon so geraldine Layborn, who was the then nickelodeon president uh, went on to form a uh, oxygen network yes very successful with this she has a great quote that i want to read about the inception of nicktoons which is everybody else was doing toy driven stuff and it was garbage it's hard to create a character out of a toy for a lot of reasons. You have limited time to produce because you have to get the thing out when the product hits the market. How about instead we do this radical thing of looking around the country for animators who have great characters living inside them? Ah. So the focus, uh, as we talked about with the Turtles and all these other cartoons. Was making a cartoon for a toy. Correct. Transformers, you name it. Yeah. He-Man, all of these things. But the Nicktoons, they were kind of like different, right? Because, so the first ones were Doug and Rugrats, Rugrats. right? Ren and Stimpy came it, it, over from MTV, so no, they didn't no. like count. It was also, that was Nick. Ren and Stimpy. Yes. It was started on Yeah, it started on Nick. I think I, the pilot aired on MTV. I think that's what I'm thinking of. It's the like pilot that, it was never MTV. considered like sourced from Nicktoons. No, but yeah. it, it was part of the Nicktoons of the initial three, Doug. Right. Rugrats and Run and Stimpy. And we'll but, talk about Run and Stimpy later. Right. But Doug and Rugrats were the like four kids really like focused and promoted. Sneak a peek at Doug's secret diary and find out. Well, you'll just have to find out. Watch Doug every Saturday at 7, 6 Central on Nickelodeon. What was interesting about them that was different, the episodes were like kind of like slice of life, I guess you would call them. Like they were just kind of like just stuff happens. Like, yeah. like Doug was more focused. It was about a kid like in middle school and then later in high school. It was like the Wonder Years. Yeah. Like, it was. I'm it was not like kidding. a growing up kind of show, and it's right? It's very, very good. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually, right? There's some fun episodes, and you had the beats and all that. Yeah, and, and, and Mr. Dink. Mr. Dink. Very expensive. Very expensive Douglas. <laughs> and. But then Rugrats was more of like surrealistic. This is what I liked about Rugrats, right? On its face, it seems like why would kids like this, right? Because <laughs> it's about babies. It's not about older kids. It's right. about younger, but like literal babies. But it babies. But it's on the concept that what if the babies are talking to each other, like I don't know, in their own language or whatever, whatever, like the the, the in canon reason that nobody yeah. understands them, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Like, so what if the babies are talking to each other and they like go on like adventures, kind of like Muppet Babies or whatever? It's very similar, right? But what I always noticed about Rugrats is it had this surrealist bend to it, where there'd just be episodes where there's not much talking and there's kind of like they're just wandering around and yeah. like stuff happens and. It was well-written and well-animated. Well, that's the deal with Doug as well and yeah. Ren and Stimpy, which we'll talk about. These are character-driven shows, like high-quality shows. They weren't made to sell toys. Now, obviously, right. there was eventual merchandising and licensing off of them, but they were written to be good shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not to sell I mean, a product. One thing I will say about them is there's some episodes where, like, absolutely nothing happens, which to me... 
like you said, it's not selling a toy, but honestly, I felt what the Nicktoons main purpose was was to give Nickelodeon cartoons and that's it. Well, and that's even if they was. were nothing. Like 100%. even if nothing was happening. Get cartoons that are unique to Nickelodeon that you yeah, can't something find that's anywhere watchable. else. Yeah. One hundred percent. Tonight, get down and take on the world from a Rugrats point of view. Watch the Rugrats tonight at seven six central only on Nickelodeon. But meanwhile we still got this Saturday issue. So they're running Nick at night broadcasting on Saturday still up to this point. Nicktoons was 91 and throughout 91 they're still doing that. And again, while this is all going on, I think a lot of kids were like, why can't I watch Nickelodeon on Saturday? Like it's the only day I don't have to go to school or right. anything, right? Like, I don't like, want to watch Mr. Ed or whatever. Yeah, like I don't want to watch that, right? They, it was real. Like I this was like a conundrum as a child back then. Car 54 or are you yeah. whatever it was, it's you like, know, I'm not dragnet. interested in this. Right? Like, <laughs> and I I give wasn't me more Rugrats or I want the Rugrats. I was like I'll take anything. I'll take Doug. Doug. Yeah, whatever. Skeeter, whatever. Yeah. And Saturdays, let's talk about Saturdays from a TV demographic standpoint. They stink. It is the night, typically, historically, in terms of TV demographic people, where there's the least amount of people watching television because most adults and teenagers and anyone in the 18 to 34, 18 to 49 is usually out or doing something. And this is where, this is the second thing, right? It's like why it seemed weird that it, like I remember thinking like finally when Snick came along, but it it seemed weird even as a kid. It's like, but I'm home. I'm a child. Like I can't go to like the nightclub or wherever (laughs) people are going. I'm seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, like like it did feel like this weird gap, but I'm allowed to stay up a little later on Saturday. Like, why am I like, why is there nothing on? Exactly. To give you an idea, folks, here's some of the stuff, the big three networks and you can throw in Fox, the big four were running in the early nineties on Saturdays in prime time, which is, you know, eight to 10 golden girls, Mm -hmm. empty nest. Uh, These shows just for kids. Nurses. Remember that? The empty nest spinoff. Oh, Cops. Yeah. <laughs> the Young Riders. Remember that bullshit Western crap on ABC? <sighs> Horrible. And of course, the CBS Saturday Is that the show movie. that's like they want to capitalize on city slickers, basically, and put it on TV? I don't know. Yeah. That's where the cowboy craze of the 90s came from with city slickers. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. you might be right. So once again, Geraldine Laybourne, she saw the untapped demo. The me and Quinns of the world. Yeah. The, How the many kids walked babies? up to this lady, at, like, <laughs> you know, like in her life and like who watched Nickelodeon or whatever? Yeah. We're like, I wish there was something on on Saturday. Right. right? It's like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, Come on. Lady. Like, I feel like there was like a literal demand when Snick came along. It was there. It was like palpable. I would, my other kid friends were like, what? Like, this stinks at Nickelodeon. It's like, we have to like get as much Nickelodeon as we can before right. it goes off. Instead of watching reruns of MASH or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm <laughs> sucking up all the guts I can <laughs> before, before it switches. It's true. Uh, so her theory here is pretty much what Quinn said. She figured we can get our channel, Nickelodeon, more viewers, maybe even upwards of doubling it, mm-hmm. if we hone in on this market of kids that are too young to be going out to the nightclub. She didn't say nightclub, but yeah, <laughs> and too old to be in bed at eight p.m. on a Saturday night, and that is exactly what she did. So on August fifteenth, mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. August fifteenth, nineteen ninety-two, Snick debuted. <sighs> On August 15th, when you snick, you're going places. 
Again, I think they promoted this really well because I remember being a kid. Oh, I was hyped because they they were showing that couch the and big the, orange the couch logo and like I think they were even very ambiguous about what Snick even they meant. were like they, they were, were. Like, they were like what? I'm like Snick this is this isn't Nickelodeon wait is is Nickelodeon gonna still be on like I was right. like very confused I was, so I was like confused. are they changing it like what happened I was intrigued is this like a Nick at Night thing where it's not really for me right you know and the way they did it was cryptic enough that it kept you intrigued but and it was s- all over the programming like yeah. all day kind of like if you remember back then the big help and all the other nickelodeon stuff yeah, right big help yeah i do like where they were promoting yes. it in that way where with every commercial break they're talking about it yep. right that's what they were doing yeah and it felt really exciting it felt really special and i'll tell you i'll tell you i tuned in for the very first night of me Snick, too 100 absolutely there i had just moved to a new place right down the road and uh, i was there we had our tv i sat in front of it uh, and we're going to talk about snick now folks so the lineups, the initial lineup, which we're going to cover, I want to mention on the outset, is very varied. You're going to see we have a sitcom, we have kind of a variety show, we have an animated show, and we have a non-comedy now, show. This is, to me, this lineup is like the classic This line. is the like, classic. This is like, when I think of Snick, this is like the, this is it, right? This is like, the Coca-Cola this is, classic. This is the Coca-Cola classic. Not to say that Snick didn't have also oh, other good lineups too, but like this, this is the one like, I'm like, I was there for this, right? Yep. And this was a two-year lineup, August of 92 until the summer of 94. Mm-hmm. We start off 8 p.m., with Clarissa Explains It All Now. Loved it. Loved it. This show is a sitcom, right? Great show. I'm going to say this. What a cool way to kick off, right? Because Clarissa. Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart, the future Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, before she realized that she was a witch. They promoted her as like this cool, like older kid. And like immediately as a younger kid, I'm like, I want to be there. Like Clarissa's so cool, right? She's got all these like wacky clothes and like her friend Sam's like kind of weird and stuff it comes down on the ladder and like the little the opening with all the drawing on oh, it and stuff opening. and like the na 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 what a good song and, and like the dorky brother Ferguson like the, the very nice mom and the dad that could kind of put his foot down when he wanted yeah. to but not really but he's also kind of dopey yeah he, he's she a... kind of like runs over him <laughs> yeah. like but it was perfect it was so 90s yeah, the house is like way too bright and colorful yeah. and stuff. It's and her very- room has all this stuff, like all these like things that are cool, like all yeah. over the wall, right? It's like, it's amazing. Did you get them? Sure, I got them. Sort of. Sort of? Sam, you don't sort of get Pearl Jam tickets. You either get them or you don't. Do you think that this show drew any inspiration from Blossom? Kind of. For Clarissa specifically? I noticed even as a kid that they make Clarissa a tomboy that, so she could relate to the little boys also. Did you ever get a, that? She acted, yeah, she was relatable to both. She was supposed to be this like on the line. Where, I think like, so. If you were a boy, you thought she was cool. If if you were a girl, you thought she was cool. Like yeah. she was just cool. I like that. I right? think you're right. And, and not to mention Melissa Joan Hart was just so good in these teen, preteen roles. She really was. She just had like an it factor. You're like, I want to know her. She's right? charismatic. Yeah, like she she just seemed she just seemed cool. Like She's a good character. I, I can't. I, that good was actress. the described word for her. It was like she was the coolest. And she explained it all. Yeah, can't ask for more. Now I do want to mention this show had already been on. Uh, mm-hmm. This started in '91. It moved to Snake. yeah. So there was an awareness. So it was an anchor show. She was good to bring to bridge that gap because she also fits the like. Because she's the preteen, it's like, oh, this is for the older kids. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm special just walking into this later Nickelodeon, right? Right. And she's also young enough to still be approachable. Right. You know, if you're yeah. 
seven or eight or whatever. So right. it's well done. And I really like that show, and it lasted until 94. The one that was on afterwards, 8.30, listen, this is this is called Roundhouse, and I need to mention something about Roundhouse. No, this debuted yes. on SNCC. Now, Roundhouse was like, what if we had a cast full of Clarissas and they did a variety show? Basically, right? They're all wearing like baggy stuff and like, you know, weird like 90s uh, dances and all this shit. Yeah. So here's the deal. The, the This was developed by Buddy Sheffield, who was actually a head writer for In Living Color. Right. And this is very much a teen- In Living Color. It's in, the in same- In Living Color. It's very similar. It's very, very similar. The difference though is this show is horrible. Yeah. I, I do not- I didn't like it so, then- at the time, I liked it. I'm not I gonna like. like it. I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it. <laughs> I thought that. I thought again. It's that weird, like Clarissa style, where it's like all this like counterculture looking kind of crap. It's some kind of mix between Prince and Nirvana. Like it's like you know what I mean. Like it. It's like straddling that like early '90s line. Oh, that's of, very like, early '90s. Yeah, yes. like like oh, this like weird Bohemian people or something. Like like doing all these wacky things that only they could do, right? Thank you, Don Pardome, and that's the family. Not so fast, Bob. Where's more? More? Yes, with this prize package, you also get Rainbow! Watch it, honey, I'm making a laugh. I have no doubt that there's some talented cast members there. Oh, I'm sure. But I find a lot of, because I've watched it as an adult. Me too. I find a lot of the sketches... On f- there's a studio audience and they don't laugh at a lot of what happens. Yeah, so it's just not was, funny. I was saying this to you off air, but I think the problem with this show, looking back at it, this is a children's show ultimately. You're right, but it feels like it's written by adults trying to relate to children. Yeah, that's what it is, and that's the problem. Okay, that's right? a fair and, criticism. And it's like if you're writing a children's show, like obviously adults have to write children's show because kids can't like not very good at writing. They're usually. not there yet. But the whole point is, if you're writing these kind of shows, it's not supposed to shine through that it was written by a 40 year old man. Yeah, that's right. A good it's point. like you shouldn't notice like these old people jokes and stuff. That's that's true. I did like it, it, it's like it's like how do you do, fellow kids? Like it's that. <laughs> it is though. I will say, I will say one thing that I always liked as a kid is the dad character that has like this chair that rolls around, but he's got like a grill yes, and a yes. TV on he it. He doesn't move out of the chair. Yeah. 12.06 p.m. I was up at the crack of noon and already hard at work. Somebody had left the toilet paper on the roll so that it comes off under the roll. I hate that. The theme's good. The theme is really good. Why don't yeah. we take a quick listen to it while we're here? I mean, this is a Snick celebration. Yeah. The, intro a, the intro, again, so Clarissa. It, it is, it, It's the same style of, like, look how fucking cool these kids are. I'll tell you what. They did a great job on the intro. Yeah. Making it look like this is a show you don't want to miss. And then you turn it on, you're like, I want it to be over. Yeah, it's this weird. Was a like show this show, I always wanted to this be. This intro done. makes me like think, like, wow, this is this is. I'm, I get to hang out with the big kids. Like, this right. is going to be awesome, right? It just never, it never ever hit for me. This yeah. show, literally, even in '92, '93, I didn't mind it. That was the thing. It's like I didn't have a problem with it. This was the show where if I was watching Snick and I had to use the bathroom, <laughs> I would I would wait until Roundhouse was yeah. on to use the uh, yeah outhouse if you yeah. will but folks we want to hear your thoughts on all of these shows that we're talking about but particularly roundhouse did you like it because i just find it a little obnoxious it's, weird. it's like sorry. a weird it's a weird offbeat i appreciate the thing that people need to remember roundhouse for specifically yeah is that it set the groundwork for what became all that yes that's 100 that's, 100% what what it, that's what it like did. what 
roundhouse like walk so all that could run i don't know you know like whatever <laughs> yes. whatever the saying is very well said but the nine o'clock and that is like the prime time spot man this is uh the table's been set you know clarissa opened it very nicely explained it all roundhouse brought down the mood and wanted <laughs> people wanted it to be over with yeah but at nine o'clock we got the what Ren- felt like the main event for kids. Yeah, the Ren and Stimpy show. Yes. See how I love to clean filthy cat boxes. <laughs> now, can I just say one thing? In case anyone worries if we're leaving out stuff, maybe we'll go more in detail one day on Ren and Stimpy, yep. okay? We're not here to get all into it. But I got to say something on the outset. This show really didn't belong on Nickelodeon. <laughs> No, absolutely not. I'm not, not complaining. Don't, no. don't get me wrong. But I think we as kids knew that, and I, I feel like the people who programmed it kind of knew that, Everyone too. knew, right? They knew that it was like a coup that Nickelodeon got this show. Yeah. Right? Like, that this Ren and Stimpy, if you've never watched it, it's a very offbeat, weird, like, extremely surrealist, weird 90s humor. Yeah. Like, it, it, very in cartoon surreal. form. Like, for example, there's an episode where they go to the, they get sucked in the black hole, right? Yes. Which was a science, you know, the black hole, right? But in the early 90s, like, black hole was very, very mysterious, very mysterious yeah. science concept, yep. right? And they go in there, they're just exploring it. There's a lot of, like, weird close-ups and, like, they're walking gross through, like, close-ups. gross close-ups and walking through a desert and they're, like, basically dying. Yeah. <laughs> and they get to the end of it and they find out that all the socks that get lost in your in your uh, laundry dryer. Or, whatever, yes. or your dryer or whatever, that they that's where they end up. It's the black hole. And that's basically, like, the whole purpose of it. It's, it's so like good. it's like the re- repository of socks. The, the guy that... <laughs> sock repository. Yeah. The guy that created this uh, is a Canadian named John Chris Falusi. And uh, he was also the voice of Ren, uh, the Chihuahua, in case you've never watched the show, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you have, for the first two seasons. And then Billy West, who was already the voice of Stimpy, who's the cat, he took over both voices. So if you were ever watching in the 90s and you're like, why does, uh, why does Ren sound different all of a sudden? It's because Billy West started voicing oh, him, the see. original guy left. Uh, Stimpy's voice, by the way, was supposed to be uh, based on Larry from the Three Stooges. They're my latest invention. Stay put socks. They never fall down. Ren and Stimpy, uh, again, a lot more can be said, but for a show that was airing on a kids network right and i know this is the older kids but we're talking the 8 to 12 demo yeah. right there was a lot of dark humor really innuendo, dark stuff yeah like really scatological. like just stuff that do you do you feel like in the early 90s we still weren't super coddling kids just yet we were starting to get there but like it wasn't all the way there and the ren and stimpy being just like <laughs> a the prime draw of a tel, uh, a television block for children Seems like evidence of that. It's a ve- yeah. I think you know? I think you're right. I find Run and Simpy fascinating because as a kid, to me, it was like okay, this is a show because it's a cartoon. I'm going to watch it. Right. Right. It really wasn't meant for kids, but they could watch it. It's it's so one of the things about it's like the Simpsons. Snick and I don't know about you, but since I was you know my fa- me and my father were watching this right yeah. because it's late and it's you know it's before the time where people would go sit in their room and watch TV if right. the kids were doing something else. Like, yeah. my dad would just, like, watch it with me, right? Like, he'd watch the block with me and then I'd go off to bed, right? Yeah, sure. And he just loved Ren and Stimpy, right? And, like, I didn't understand why as a kid, but as an adult, yep. I'm like, this is not ki- for kids, per se. 
It really it's wasn't. weird that it, it's available to them, and I think it was under the guise of it's a cartoon, right? Yeah, that's like, really like the all Simpsons was. was. Yeah, but if this had been sitting alongside Beavis and Butthead, let's say for example on MTV, it no would have worked. Yeah, no, no one would have batted an eye. Yeah, or and, next to the Simpsons. It really was an enigma at the time. Right. It really, really was. And for those of you that might not know, maybe you never watched it or maybe you did, but don't care about how it was received. Critically, it was acclaimed. Despite, yeah. you know, you would think there would be some backlash, and there were, not from critics, but from other people about the content of it and being in for children. This this show is, like, critically acclaimed, especially the first two seasons. It's because it, it was written off the wall. It's like that Tim and Eric style where it's just weird. Yeah. Like, in, in some cases. Yeah, like it's Tim and Eric style. It's just weird. That surreal, weird humor. And, and, and that's a very, that's a thing that really came out of the 90s, like Twin Peaks. Oh, you Twin know, Peaks is good. Twin yeah. Peaks is like the, where I feel like where it really started. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then like, there was all sorts of like, Little weird things sprinkled throughout good, the decade. You good know? connection, Quinn. I like yeah. that. Let's also bear in mind, folks, that it did it did not debut on SNCC. It was already a Nicktoon, so it was lumped in previously with Doug, yeah. and Rugrats. But it was it was still rather new when SNCC came. Yeah, it was, on, it was right? a year old in its prime. Right? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, we're you know, we know this is good, right? Yeah. It was like, I mean, and I was sitting there ready to sing "Happy Happy Joy Joy," <laughs> and and let's let's do it, right? Yeah, I loved watching this show. It was the it was the main draw. This got the highest amount of viewers of all the cartoons that Nick was running at the yeah. time. Not surprising. So let's move on to the nine thirty slot to close out the night. So we've had here a sitcom, yeah. right? We've had a variety show. We have had a cartoon. Why not have a horror anthology? So, I want to say something about the programming here. Even as a child, I thought this was a weird idea. A lot of kids' bedtime was 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell <laughs> would you put, like, a scary thing as the last thing they're going to see before they go to bed? Like, doesn't this seem insane? I th- like, I remember going to bed sometimes on Saturdays when the lights went out being like, I don't know. I'd be like thinking about the whatever I just watched. And now to Snake with Are You Afraid of the Dark? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't <laughs> always watch it because it didn't interest me. I don't think it was because I thought it was scary, although maybe I did. I don't no, I thought, no, we'll see. I thought Are You Afraid of the Dark, it had a lot of stinkers, but it also had a lot of creative episodes that yeah. were like, this is interesting. Like it, it would suck you in it. Well, it's not all the stuff was just like, you know, the typical like Count Dracula or no, something. No. <laughs> it was always like some weird shit. Like uh, they go to a shop and find a doll, but it's alive or so. Like you know, like it's, yeah, or a know, curse or something. Yeah, or, or an like alien. Yeah, it, it would usually resolve itself at the end, but sometimes it wouldn't, and they yeah. would just be like, "And that's the end of my story." It's like somebody like almost died or something, and like it's like okay, and then they just like throw <laughs> the sand on the thing, and you're like, "Oh God, now I have to go to bed with thinking about this." Like what the hell? <laughs> For the record, folks, if you've never seen the show, I'm sure people have. This is basically a kid's version in the vein of like a Twilight Zone or something. Yes, like it, that. it's Twilight. Zone it it really kids. is. It was basically kids would sit around the fire in the woods, a secret location. They were called the Midnight Society. Yeah. And one of them would say, uh, you know, what was it? Submitted for the approval of the yeah. Midnight Society. There was and one they where... throw the crap on yeah. the thing. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story The Tale of the Walking Shadow. They were fascinating because they were cheaply produced and like just thrown together. Like, I remember this one they were. where there's like 
this kid gets sucked in a video game. Yeah. But the, basically, the video game is basically him in an abandoned mall, like trying to save the some girl that he saw that was hot that they, or he thought it was the, you know the hot chick or whatever, and he's he's trying to save her, and the whole mall's like twisted, and like this concept of a mall that's like empty. Yeah, it is creepy, and it's it's like got creepy crap in it. Yeah. I remember just thinking about it. it was more just the emptiness of the mall. Like thinking of what the mall's like at night bothered scare me. You? Why yeah. does it scare you? Just because the idea that it's like this large space and it's dark, it's empty and there's like four floors of nothing. What like if there's a clown in there. Yeah, That'd like be really who scary. knows? Also the idea that couldn't people like sneak in and like live in here and shit? Yeah. What you if know? they do? I don't know what's going on. What if that's where Jimmy Who Hoffa knows went? what goes on at night in the mall? I don't want to know now. Yeah. Folks, uh, I guess I guess the reason that this show was on last is because it had to be. You can't open with this. I don't know, though, because here's the thing that I, I know that this might sound unconventional. Yeah. But... What if we just don't run in the house? <laughs> no, no. Are You Afraid of the Dark in its time? I had friends, and at certain points in Nick uh, Snick's lineup... Are You Afraid of the Dark sometimes was the strongest show in the, that week? There, like, yeah, it actually, there were times. There were times when like the episode was well done and, oh, yeah, and memorable, yeah. and I would come out of it thinking, like, maybe Are You Afraid of the Dark's actually like the best show on this thing, right? I mean, when I was a kid, I used to think, again, I didn't watch it all the time, but I used to think it was like a really good show. I just, yeah. I, I'm not a big horror well, fan. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, sometimes I, I think I remember thinking this actually, it was like, why don't they put Are You Afraid of the Dark at nine uh, nine o'clock and something else at nine thirty? Lighten like, the mood after it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what I mean. But like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was good enough to be like a prime show in you the think? lineup, especially as it aged because it's one of the shows they kept throughout oh, they kept it, it a long time, and revived it, it a couple times because it became like the elder show. I'm like, it kind of deserves to be like smack in the center, right? I mean, the the, the revival of it just ended last year as of press really? time. Yeah, they had a 2019 and 22 yeah. revival. Uh, but anyway, that is the classic Snick lineup here. We have more to cover, some more great shows, and we'll run down the rest of the Snick history. How about, though, you guys take a break here, maybe uh, get yourself a Snickers. Oh, sorry. Uh, a Snick snack. <laughs> yes. Get yourself a snack as we talk about more Snick, because more Acid Wash Memories is coming up right after this. than a renter's mutiny. The tenants are holding a rent strike. All new Major Dad, after the Golden Palace on CBS. Friday. What are you doing here, buddy? You invited me to lunch. I did? Honey! Because it takes her for lunch. He is? Because <laughs> oh, today we got a little problem here. No lunch, huh? Well, we can go to Wendy's. Yes! Luckily, Wendy's has a 99-cent super value menu with delicious junior bacon cheeseburgers, chili, baked potatoes, and biggie fries. And for just $1.99, get our hamburger kid's meal. We ought to have lunch here all the time. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Wendy's, you don't pay more, you just get more. 
One year ago, Saturday Night TV was a vast, desolate, unwatchable wasteland for kids. One year ago, Nickelodeon changed all that with SNCC. Four prime shows, one orange couch, and a place to turn to on Saturday nights. Now, 52 SNCCs later, we're celebrating our first SNCC anniversary with special premieres of the four shows that changed the face of Saturday Night Television forever. So don't miss our very first SNCC anniversary next Saturday at 8, 7 Central on the only place to SNCC, Nick. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, welcome back to Acid Wash Memories, the retro pop culture celebration. Joe Morata, Michael Quinn, talking about Snick. The Snick, baby. Yeah, hopefully you guys have had some laughs, maybe some Snickers. Just reminiscing. Yeah, just hey, reminiscing. Just remembering these these things. That's all it's about, folks. It's casual again. You know, last week we had a... Uh, an episode where we just kind of talked about and listened to some music, which was yeah. a lot of fun. And this time around, we are just talking about something we remember from our childhood and many of your childhoods as well. It was a, it's a strong memory in I my think childhood, Snick. Snick really was, especially the first few years of it. So uh, just a reminder, please leave us a review if you don't mind on your podcast app of choice and give us a follow on Twitter or whatever you want to call it. All right, Michael, we were talking about the classic lineup, which was August 92 until the summer of 94, two years. Mm-hmm. And that was Clarissa... And then Roundhouse, and then Ren and Stimpy, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? But something happened in October of 1994. Roundhouse was replaced. Yeah? Good! The show that we are going to talk about had been airing. It was not brand new in 1994. It was moved to SNCC. And there were actually short, like, 30-second interstitials in 89 and 90, like, in between commercials featuring these characters. Yes, they, they were kind of, like, brought in, like, how The Simpsons was on the Tracy Allman yes. show. Like, they, it was the same thing Perfect. where they were, like, they were, like, sub-characters of Nickelodeon. Of Nickelodeon, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna play some street bowling, don't use your dad's best ball. Once, when he caught us using his brand-new Revco Dominator, he got so mad he chased us into the next county. And, of course, we are talking about a beloved show. Oh, my God. Such a great show. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. (sighs) Now, Pete and Pete, right? Yes, sir. This show... Near and dear to you? Near and dear. Does it not capture, especially, like, 94, 93, about that time? Yeah. That grunge, weird, like, off-base, alternative-style programming. And this whole show... It's like these kids are cool, but they're like in the they're like the freaks and geeks kind of cool, right? They're, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're not they're, yeah. they're not the popular kids. They're like the the rejects, but like they're kind of like they're what what they do is kind of interesting. They have spunk, right? <laughs> they have spunk. Yeah. yeah, tools. They're loud. They're sharp, and they can kill you. Now, if you've never watched it, you should because it's a really cool show. The Avengers of Pete and Pete is. Done in voiceover somewhat by Big Pete. There's two Big, brothers. Big Pete's kind of like the main character, sort of. He is. And like you're kind of like going through his like, you know, his adolescence. It's Wonder Years-esque. Yeah. No doubt there's a little bit of inspiration but there. But it's not really a coming of age show. It's more just No, like, no. Th- this kid's life is weird. Yeah. In general. <laughs> He's got a weird life. It's a very surreal show. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Michael Morona, Morana is the actor. He is also notable for playing uh, Jeff McAllister in Home Alone's 1 yes, and 2 yeah. and saying, Kevin, you are such a disease. Right, yes. That is Big Pete. That's if where we knew him from. Yeah. But he's much nicer in this show. 
Yeah, he's like pretty nice. He's the he, he's like, the nice one. The thing that's what's kind of funny about Big Pete throughout the show is yep. he's kind of the straight man, and like everyone around him is fucking weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like everyone, his brothers weird, Artie and Dad and Artie. Mom, and everyone's weird. Mom's plate. Yeah, Remember mom's she has a steel mom, plate. Mom's steel plate in her head. Oh, who's, oh, who's in the credits? <laughs> it's real. Yeah. yeah. So Mom's steel plate has her own credit, and so does a uh, Little Pete's tattoo, Petunia. Petunia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this is all real, folks. Yeah. Now this takes place in um an undisclosed fictional town never specified much like the simpsons uh nicknamed the sideburn state yes now i seem to have some kind of recollection and correct me if i'm wrong that it was somewhere in the vicinity of erie indiana because they somehow tied it into that weird ass show that was on nickelodeon at some point I don't know if that's canon though, because yeah. they, it's one of those ambiguous. You know, it's it's five hundred miles from the Hoover Dam. You know, yeah, it's near Canada. Yeah, yeah like, it's one of those things. Yeah. But you know where it was filmed? Leonia, New Jersey. Up that north. makes sense. Yeah, there's episodes that I swear were just filmed at the Jersey Shore. They're, they're, like the the ones where they go to the beach. There probably are. They also filmed at the Willowbrook Mall in Wayne. Yep, which is uh, not too far from us. About an hour. I think. <sighs> Cranford. It, this is such a hard show to describe to people. It was it's, a, it's very much you had to be there kind of show. Right. It was off the wall. Okay, so for example, right, there's a character named Artie, right? Artie is the strongest man in yes, the world. That's that's his name. Right. Artie the strongest man in the world. He is a adult human who lives in their town that just kind of like wanders around and he's a superhero. This is all but real. like and everyone like Everyone plays it straight like, no, Artie's like an actual superhero. Like, even the parents regard him yes. as a superhero. He's a real superhero. The way I know the summer is a goner is when my brother Pete and Artie, the strongest man in the world, go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. The kids will be playing, like, baseball or something, and Artie will just join in. Or sometimes there'll be, like, a cat in a tree, and, like, Artie will, like, take care of it, right? Yes. Like, it's like, he's and he's just there to do that. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the friend characters, because there's also, like, um... I guess enemy characters or whatever, like uh, a paper cut. Yeah, they all have a paper cut, like hat head, yeah, pit stain, (laughs) yeah. And I love that because when we, when I was like a kid, (laughs) these these were things we would like think of, right? Yeah, we were like these assy kids in your school. You're like, I hate that kid, like you know, boner. Remember boner? Yeah, yeah, and fuzzy. Yeah, these kids, they lay like. But what's weird is that Artie, the adult. is like tasked sometimes with taking them on. And usually, you ever notice like if paper cut fought Artie, he's a threat because he took Artie out and like little Pete had to like handle him or something. Like it's like, don't worry, Artie will like back you up. (laughs) Like, right? Like it's it's shit like that that's played completely straight. Like it's it's all, all played straight. It's all played straight. But then there's just Weird stuff, and I, I've told this to, I've been telling Joe about this, like, yeah, some, you, somebody sent me a clip of this on Twitter the other day, and it just reminded me of just the <laughs> utter absurdity of the adventures of Pete and Pete that would just occur, and it would be like a two-minute bit. So, this is just an example bit, right? But this actually happens on the show. It starts off that, the, you know, it's the summer, and the family went to the beach, so dad, mom, Pete, and Pete are all yeah, there, right? Yeah, Petunia. Now, Dad, Mom's plate. every time they go to the beach, apparently, their dad uses his metal detector and yes. hopes to find something, right? Like a lot of dads in the 90s would do, right? Yes, of course they did. They showed Dad, it's like, this was an interesting day. Not special, just they like, this was like an interesting day. Because Dad, something went off on his metal detector and he started digging. Something big! Come here! Come on! Come on. <laughs> there was some kind of metal. 
And and then we all started trying to help him. Hey, I, I think it's like an Oldsmobile, you know, like like you know, like a Delta eighty eight or maybe a a Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> and then they just like clip forward. They, I forget the it's like a nineteen seventy five Ford Cutlass or whatever. Like I don't know the car. Oldsmobile, man. Oh, it just, and Dad's like so excited. He drives it home. There's like sand <laughs> coming off of it and everything. Hey, buckle up. Let's go. This is all played 100% straight. Right. The only hint of like funniness music is they're playing like car show music, the like 1950s like car show music as they're like driving away in this car that they that they undug from the sand on the great. beach. And then they get back. And my favorite part, Big Pete gets back and he goes and sees Ellen at her job at like the photo booth or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, oh, how was the beach? And, and it's like, oh, it was fine. My dad found a car. And I, I don't know. Th- that's all that really happened. And then she's like, cool. And like, they just start talking about whatever the plot is. So how'd it go at the beach? Dad found a car. Cutlass Supreme. Did you find anybody you know is tasty? Yeah. This guy, Captain Scrummy. It's just played 100% straight. I like, love it. It's not weird at all that they just found a car. Like, I love that in the comments on that Twitter, th- like, of somebody posting that clip, somebody said, like, how did they get it insured? Like, how, like, how are they driving <laughs> yeah, the it? questions, like, right? Like, 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 the practical adult questions about that situation. But that's exactly how that show was. Right. Was, it, it, there's no, there's no questions to be asked. No, it's just a throwaway gag. It's a throwaway gag that your parents probably laughed at and yeah. you didn't get because you weren't interested in dad and as now, a character. Now that we've bought cars or driven yeah. cars, at least, you yeah. know, we, we understand it. One of the great things about this show is the way it is shot. I'm probably preaching to much of the choir here, but for anyone that hasn't seen it, this show was almost too good for Nickelodeon. This, this absolutely, they could have put this on ABC or Fox, Fox or, or something. something. Yeah, this was sh- like offbeat. There's no laugh track, which is interesting. Right, it's a single cam shoot. Yeah. For a kid show in the early 90s. It totally doesn't fit the mold of, like, it's time. No, it's more like Malcolm in the Middle. It's much closer to right? Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. Than Absolutely. anything else that was going on at the time. Yeah, and it's many more years before Malcolm in oh, the God, Middle. Oh, yeah. God, ten, almost 10 years. It's offbeat. It's weird. It's strange. It, it's got charm. Yeah, like, it's got heart. It's it does. Got, there are episodes where it's like, they're just like, feel good. Yeah. And it's also got a lot of these great cameo slash guest stars. Like, first of all, the principal is Batman, Adam West. Yes, I remember this that. This is real. But also, they have neighbors like Steve Buscemi is one of them. Iggy Pop, obviously yeah. of Iggy and the Stooges and being Iggy Pop. It even had He's on a, the show. It even had a theme song sung by a real band from the era. We like, should also, you know what? We should listen to the theme song, Michael Quinn. Yeah, it's a great theme. We were, we were saying last week how, like, Deep Blue something could have done this. Yes, or the it's totally, like, it's funny how this connects, but yeah. It, it's, it's a great if song. If you lived in this time, this song is like, you'll never forget oh, God. it. And the gnome on the lawn, yep. and the, like, kind of just them doing stuff, like, beautiful it, it's, i love it it's it's great the memories that this show conjures up and i love like how it ends with the hey hey, hey and like pete and little peter just kind of like big pete puts his arm yep. about it and they just are kind of like it's, looking off into nice. the yeah it's just like this is great like it's like this is what growing up was like but with a surreal with a slant. very surreal bend to it yeah there are a lot of guest stars on the show i'm not gonna run down all of them but like for example selma blair drew carey mm-hmm. art donovan 
Yes, the Art Donovan. Weird. You mean Martians are going to see my ugly mug on some kind of space TV? Yeah, but they're also going to get their first look at Johnny Unitas. I'll tell you what, Johnny Uskisser wasn't much to look at either. Chris Elliott, Frank Gifford, Janine Garofalo, Debbie Harry, Blondie herself, Alicia Keys, and little Cool J. You're going down this list, and weirdly, none of, this, all of them. none of this is surprising because no. of just the kind of show it was. It, sh- it had this thing about it that like seemed like you kind of just wanted to be involved with it. People knew about it. People right, knew like, about like, it. Like it was like it's this weird show that's on Nickelodeon. We're not sure if it's really a kids show, <laughs> right? Like, like it's just strange. No, you're absolutely kind of right. how Ren and Stimpy had that same kind of like pull. Ren and Stimpy had the exact same pull. So uh, Pete and Pete ended in '96 altogether, but we'll move on from Pete and Pete. We could dedicate more time to it, but we've got other shows to talk about. So. Also in October of 94, another change. So Pete and Pete has replaced Roundhouse at 8.30. However, Clarissa has finally explained everything. It's all been explained. She's got to go become a witch. Yeah, she has to. She found Salem the cat. It was a much bigger gig, to be fair, being on ABC in her own show. (laughs) It really was. Like I remember the debut of how Clarissa ended in the debut of Sabrina, and it felt like... Holy shit, Clarissa's just like now she's a witch and this is awesome. Yeah. And like I was like all in on Sabrina because so it I. felt like a continuation of some kind. Yeah, I was all about Sabrina the first yeah. few years. Yeah, I was also. like, this is great. It's just Clarissa in a different setting. And Leon from Roseanne was on yeah. it. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> well, and also the the Penn and Teller guy. Penn Gillette. The, yes. the, the dark curly hair. Penn Gillette. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so to replace Clarissa, I'm not gonna say it's a similar show, but I think it's a worthy replacement. I think Quim will agree. Yeah. The Secret World of Alex Mack. So we got a more sci-fi theme going on here, right? Yeah. So the idea was Alex got radiation goo or, or radiation goo, yeah. or something, and now she can kind of like transform into weird shit. One minute I'm walking home. The next there's a crash and I'm drenched in some weird chemical. And since then, nothing's been the same. It's a fun, like, every week there's a little adventure, right? And a mystery they have to solve or yeah. something like that. And I even remember the theme. <laughs> like, the I, I, I just remember liking this. And, th- like, at first I was a little skeptical. But Alex Mack is who? Larissa Olenek. Who ended up being in other things in the 90s, especially teen movies. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. She was also on Mad Men. Um, yeah, she was on Mad Men. Yeah. Yes, that's where in she was uh, Ken Cosgrove's wife. Yeah, wife, for Cynthia. Right. Cynthia, yeah. She was just, she looked like a star. Even oh, when she was, she was a, a kid. She like, was like a teen, whatever they're called. Heartthrob, yes. whatever, yeah. Is that what they call the women? Idol, teen idol? Teen idol. Teeny thing teeny bopper she, people liked her yeah and she, knew she was she, yeah so <laughs> alex mack i mean this this was a perfect vehicle for her it was nothing so. like it was nothing that needed to be on for a long time it was just kind of like yeah. get larissa years. olnick in your brain as like one of the teen stars going on and yes. i guess that was like a coup for nickelodeon too because they always wanted to, you know after clarissa they wanted a teen star of some kind clearly yeah right? and they got a new one they got a new one the show was not as good as clarissa no nah, we it, were also getting older but I think also it was just a weaker like concept of like have this girl with extraordinary powers solve mysteries every week. It's kind of it's it's not the it's not. Oh, as, Sabrina went on to become a witch. Yeah, but Sabrina. Come was, on now. The thing about Sabrina was it was the concept that she was this fish out of water she in a talking cat in Quinn. suburbia, right? It was. Yes. She still had to deal with bullying and like regular problems. She had to go to school. 
Alex Mack, on the other hand, is like dealing with, I don't know, somebody might have gotten murdered in our town and she has to like, or people are getting kidnapped or abducted or like, it's always some non, it's something like not realistic. Okay. By the way, The Adventures of Pete and Pete is moved off of Snick in January 95. Too it's, good for Snick. It's still, it's too good for Snick. But now we need to replace Pete and Pete at 830. And what do we replace it with? A new variety show, a much better variety so show. So much better. All that. <sighs> Found the box. Come look and stop. <laughs> Ready yet? Get set. It's all that, right? It's all that. I probably oh, butchered the intro. Doesn't there. matter. But Eleven years this show was on. So okay, because it's good. We need to go over like the Briefly. original cast here, right? Yeah, we can like, do that because because this the cast was like iconic. All of these people made it into something other than maybe the kid with the bowl cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the cast is there's a couple of really notable ones, but yeah, most of them. Yeah, Quinn is right. A lot of them made it. So, so from the first season, I mean, first season, I mean, first of all, Keenan, Keenan Thompson, you know, you, you know that guy that's still on SNL. Twenty years as of press. Time. I feel good like, for him. I, you know what I, you know, Keenan Thompson might be the king of sketch comedy if you think about it. He right? Never stopped. Liter- doing literally it. from his childhood, he was on his sketch comedy show, and then he just seamlessly switched to SNL, and they just never got rid of him. Does, <laughs> like, that, does that, no one has a problem with Keenan no, Thompson? Right? I, I like, see SNL. <laughs> I feel like it's come to a point with SNL where it would be weird if Keenan wasn't there. Yeah. Because he's been there for like 20 years Literally or 20 years. And, it, and it's like, no, we just, Keenan has to be here. Yeah. Like, I don't care that that's like not how SNL's supposed to work. He's like an anomaly. Yeah. He's been doing this since he was a kid. You can slip him into any sketch and he just works. I'm right? sure he still wants to be doing it or else he wouldn't it's be. It's a good right? gig. Yeah, it's right? a good gig. Kel Mitchell, obviously, of Kel. He Kenan, wasn't. Yes. He didn't become as famous. Kel. Right. But Kel was notably him and Keenan had Good Burger, the sketch. Yes. First, right. Which became a movie. Which became a. And then there was the Keenan and Kel show, mm-hmm. which they got, which also they somehow got Coolio to just like sing the theme of that. <laughs> it's good. Which, by the way, here's here's a thing with all that. Yeah, go ahead. TLC just sang the theme. Yeah, well, they should because yeah. they're good. And so is this show. This show had budget. Let's put it that it way. It did. It did. This is much better than Roundhouse. Oh, my God. So, Amanda Bynes. Yeah, she joined in the second season, I believe right. it was. But she she felt like she was early on, right? Like, it was early oh, enough. Yeah, like yeah. six months in or something, yeah, whatever I mean, it was. she was just there. She went on to do the Amanda show and a bunch of other things. But her big gimmick on it was Ask Ashley, where she yep. she's an innocent little girl, and she then she starts yelling and screaming like a like a potty mouth, yeah. basically, right? Like so, and that would that was the sketch, and it was she would do it every week, and everyone would laugh, and it would be great. Dear Ashley, I'm very very thirsty. In fact, I've been thirsty for weeks. What should I do? <laughs> Emily, I'll tell you what to do, sweetie. Drink us. My favorite one was the um, when he was in the tub, the French thing. Keenan, oh, the Keenan. <laughs> what I can't, uh, yes, I can't. The Pierre name. Escargo. Thank you so much because uh, yes, people are gonna be commenting. <laughs> it's just Keenan sitting in a tub saying things in a in a French accent poorly, and they're going ha ha. Yeah, and it's just like everyone. It was like this is great. Like, my father's it, name is Stephanie. Ha ha. Excuse moi, Monsieur Mouchoua, à et à Pardon me, but this tissue has already been used. 
It doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> it's know, funny. But it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> right? it is it, funny. Lori Beth Dinberg with Vital Information. Yeah, Vital Information, Quinn. Vital. So Lori Beth Dinberg reads things straight. Yes. But they're usually like either off or funny, right? Yes. They're like quips or something. If you go fishing and you don't use all the worms, put cheese on them, give them to your little brother and tell him it's wormaroni and cheese. <laughs> But I mean, th- these earlier, there's so many people. And, and there's, are there more Nick famous Cannon ones? Nick Cannon was on the show. Nick Cannon was actually on the show, yeah. Right. But there's other people that you would probably Jamie know Lynn from Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Spears, yep, yep. She was on it. I mean, over the years, it, it definitely like, it racked up child stars that were in things. It you did. Know. Little Pete was on it. Yeah, did Little Pete. Oh, Danny right. Camberelli. There was a, those couple seasons where Little Pete just became a regular on the yeah, show, right? Like mid seasons. Yeah. Where he like, was on it. Amazing. Yeah, like, Little Pete just was on the show. The other thing that was weird about this show is like, you know how I like to say like there's ABC Canon? Like <laughs> all Nick that Cannon. was very much even though Nick Cannon was also on the show, but there was Nick the all that people were part of like the Nickelodeon universe, I guess is the better way to explain it without saying Nick Cannon. Is Nick Cannon's full name Nickelodeon Cannon? Yeah, maybe. Was he just born for this role? (laughs) (laughs) Just think about what you did there. Yeah, real fucking clever. Ha ha. So that was the new variety show. That one lasted overall a very, very long time. Would you say, here's the thing, all that came in the middle of SNCC. Yeah, 95. But I do feel that all that somehow gobbled up SNCC. Like it became the biggest draw. I remember thinking that as well because... Just to set it for you here, all that was only in the 8.30 spot for that little bit of time. By the spring of 1996, all that was promoted to the 9 o'clock slot right. because Ren and Stimpy was gone. That's true. And to replace it at 8.30... Oh, God, I remember this show. Space Cases. <sighs> this this sh- was horrible. This was a worse version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was basically like, what if we these kids explored space? Yeah. And there was like a girl that was green or something. I don't yes. know. It was weird. It was the same Canadian company that had done Are You Afraid of the Dark? And as such, they even reused props from it and stuff. You know what I feel like? Yes. I hate to say this. What? But Alex Mack, they were really close to jumping the shark as far as the too much sci-fi. Yep. But that's then they like, I thought too. But then suddenly they're like, wow, the kids just love Alex Mack. What if we got, went even more sci-fi with space cases? I didn't like it. I'm Did that, it was so brief. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, I know. It was thankfully only on for uh, about the spring to the fall of 96. Thank goodness. Holland back from Earth. Miss Davenport, you can see we're all here. Why even bother taking attendance? As assistant principal, I believe in regulations and procedure. And Pete and Pete was brought back to the 930 slot to round out the line. Space (laughs) cases, that big gap in their lineup there. So for fall of 96 into 97... And we're not going to go all through every single show, but we there's just still wanna, some notable yeah. stuff on here that I think we should mention. We need to. So we got Keenan and Kel, the new show, the spinoff of all that. They are now in the eight o'clock spot throughout. So good. Ninety seven. I loved Keenan and Kel. And then all that is right behind it at nine. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan and Kel was good. I liked it too. I didn't mind it. I was like, this is actually this works. I want to speak to the man in charge. Oh, so I'm not important enough for you to talk to. Why, just because I'm a kid, you think I can't handle the situation? <laughs> I set him straight, Keenan. I tell you what, bro. As long as you see me and my boy behind this counter, you talking to the man in charge. Ha, oh, that's my man throwing down. <laughs> what? You know what's funny about Keenan and Kel? The show was on until the year 2000. 
Yeah, yeah, it went realize. on for a long time. It went on for a while. And then there was uh, Space Cases moved back to 9.30. Very briefly until, of course, The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. So, okay, I want to say something about this show. More mystery. Admirable attempt, because this is what was what they were going for, right? They wanted another teen girl, right? Yes. So they said, what if we did another mystery show? Mm-hmm. But in, instead of like... um sci-fi with Alice Mack where there's powers uh-huh. what if she's just straight up like Sherlock Holmes or something right like that's like basically <laughs> what it was right yeah that's where what it was it like she was very studious and like she, she was very smart and she could like figure out mysteries yeah but it just didn't work and it was not enough of a draw to be on SNCC I, I know it went on for a little bit but they took it out of SNCC they pretty, took it out of SNCC I yeah. think they really were trying to use SNCC to like as a launch vehicle so they could put it on throughout their other parts of the week because they knew they had an audience it's on Saturdays right so yeah try to capitalize on that audience like i always appreciated the effort with shelby Wu. i like i got it when i watched it but you i'm did, like huh? this doesn't belong here it's we- in the wrong like lineup shouldn't be a sarah it shouldn't be snick cannon yeah right? it just shouldn't be okay uh, and then kablam was the 9 30 show definitely belonged on snick now this felt to me like the proper sequel to ren and stimpy hmm Interesting. It, it was offbeat, weird. It's an animated show. Obviously. Animated slash, like it also had like just figures moving and yeah. stuff. It's Kablam! Where cartoons and comics collide. Now to take you inside and turn the pages, here are your hosts, Henry and June. This show was great. It was all, it was a hodgepodge. It was it. all over the place, like little bits and all this stuff, and just very offbeat. And yep. I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but I felt like this felt like the successor to Ren and Stimpy that they needed. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. And it's yeah. another one where it was only on SNCC for about a year, not yeah. even, and then they moved. It didn't last long. Yeah, no. it didn't last long, but it was like, I remember loving it. Like, I was like, this is great. They re- I mean, it stayed on Nickelodeon until the year 2000, you know, 2000 but it just wasn't on a SNCC yeah. for more than a year. It was the same thing where they launched it there. However, something very interesting happened, and I'm not sure how you feel about this. We've never talked about it before, Quinn. It's a very hot-button issue, and I want to get your opinion. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1997, all the way until the fall of 1998, a show uh, was moved to SNCC at 8, and it is Rugrats. Your thoughts? Okay, on one hand, losing Kablam, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or the imminent loss of Kablam. Yes, the pending um, loss of Kablam. They needed something a little more animated, I suppose, Come right? Because no, but they always the tradition was you have to have one cartoon in Snick, right? I guess you have they to have didn't one kind of like more animated style. But thing. they didn't always. They Some didn't, of these lineups they there didn't. Were, there was rare cases, but space cases. It's terrible, it's but it, it's like it's the same concept. Crap something cases. extraordinary, something weird, right? Yeah, but. Rugrat, doesn't this seem like a little bit desperate? We're the other thing in is that you have to realize to in 1997 and 1998, yeah. Rugrats might have been at its absolute oh peak. When was the movie? Yeah, when was the Rugrats movie? It might have been in 2000, but still, like, Rugrats was a ratings juggernaut on Nickelodeon. It was, it was probably the most popular show there was. The movie was ninety eight, Quinn. Okay, yes. yeah, no, we're in the then we're definitely in the peak here. We are in the juggernaut era. We, we are in the like. I know that it doesn't fit, but Snick was like. I just the, don't like it. Snick was weirdly also. You know this by this point. Snick had become kind of the face of Nickelodeon. Like this is the best they got, right? <laughs> yeah, they they started positioning it that way. Like right where they it was did. Like, no, this is like this is what we want our front facing. This is what we want everyone to see. And I think that's really why they moved Rugrats there. 
I, I'm sure that's exactly why. They were like, we got to give it, we got to put our best thing on here. Either that or the ratings were just sagging. I'm not sure. That too, because they, they you know? tried a lot of experiments here, because we forgot to mention, they also had like the journey of Alan Strange and like weird shit. Well, I didn't get there yet. Yeah, but yes. They like had during the this Alan rats Strange. lineup. The Angry Beavers took the uh, 8 o'clock spot in November of Now, if I recall, this was to launch Angry Beavers. It was just for like a season or something. Yeah, because this show was on until 2003. Yeah. They were just getting it some exposure on right. Snick. Wait, again, because Snick had the tradition of having a cartoon because of Ren and Stimpy. Because mm-hmm. notice how they just went right back to Rugrats afterwards. That was clearly just to launch Angry Beavers. It was only for three months, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, we got Keenan and Kel and all that are still going strong during this period of time. Yeah, but- I mean, all that is in its prime. A very brief... Uh, very excited about this as a kid. Animorphs for a few months. I was extremely excited about this. I read the books. Yes, yeah, thought they, I thought they were so great, right? <laughs> and I was like, I actually, this show, I remember specifically, me and my friend Shane used to read the books, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember Shane saying, hey, I heard, or I saw an ad or something. Right. That they're making an Animorphs show. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they're not, <laughs> no way, right? Like, Animorphs, I love Animorphs. They're going to make a show about it? That they did. And then it appeared on Nickelodeon. Yeah. And Snick, no less. And I was like. 930 spot. I was all in. But then, like, it just kind of, like, lost steam right away, unfortunately. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two um, seasons. It was a shame because I was, like, actually, like, intrigued by the concept of Animorphs because a lot of the books, when you read them, there was like some dark shit. The the one kid he stayed as the bird too long, and then he was stuck <laughs> as the bird, and so they they had to like feed him and shit. He still had his like human mind, like he could think like a human, but he's in a bird body, and it was like really weird. Sounds and, like something R.L. Stein would write. Yeah, but this was like an on, but it was an ongoing thing through the books, and like that they would oh we got to make sure Tobias is okay because he's like he, Tobias. He, he did the ultimate sacrifice and stayed an animal for more than like. 24 hours or whatever the hell the time limit was. That shit's for the birds, Queen. Yeah. Shut the shit. So for uh, the rest of 1999, I'm going to give you the lineup. And then there are a couple of changes made here as we wind down the snick. So February to September 99, we had 8 o'clock Rugrats again. 8.30, all that. Mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, Keenan and Kel holding it down at 9. I like it. I think it. this is a strong lineup, Joe. It is. And then 9.30, the very short-lived Are You Afraid of the Dark revival. Yes. The reboot. This is very strong for the like the final original Nickelodeon yeah. snack. Because, and the reason we're saying that is in the latter part of 1999, the programming block was rebranded Snick House. What the hell does that mean? What? <laughs> I think I was out by this point. I, I think, was I, out. I, think this I was is, coming up on 14. I think I was, I was done here. I wasn't doing this. Yeah. But it was hosted by Snick Cannon. It really was Wait, hosted by Nick Cannon. Mr. Snick Cannon yeah. himself. And this was like... Remember when TGIF... It's funny how Nick Cannon is like, <laughs> just like, this is where he started. Remember when TGIF would have like... um. They try to get cute sometimes in the early 90s with like the characters hosting and having oh, yeah, celebrity like appearances. Oh, yeah, like Larry and Balky yeah. hosted. So Nick Cannon would do it, but then other celebrities would come on and do cameos Is that why it was called shit. House? Just because like there was a host, basically? Yeah, they're just trying to it's freshen just, it up. It's just Snick with a host, that's it? Yes. Literally, yes. Dumb. So- <laughs> that's like nothing. I know. Go straight out of Hollywood. It's time for the Snick House with our special guest, Hanson. So the opener... From this period until the fall of 2000, about a year, was Rugrats. 
Now, we got a newcomer. Welcome newcomers to the 830 spot, The Amanda Show. Yes, Amanda, 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 Amanda Show. Yes. But I feel like I saw that like on other things. Like You that, probably did. Did it exist prior to this or something? The Amanda Show started 99. in 99. That's why no. I was aware. This that's is, like my late Nickelodeon era was yeah. like 99. <laughs> this is late for me, too. And then this whole Snick House era I just want to mention, which is until the summer of 01, <laughs> All that is in the 930s. They, they, okay? they just, so they're not, like, we're not messing yeah, with that. Just like, leave it's that like, there. all that was like so reliable on yeah. Snick. Like, it was like, it, people will come for all that. And they did. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a show called 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. I never watched it. I have no idea. Is he a dog, Eddie McDowd? Let's find out. Is Eddie McDowd a dog? Yes. I'm a dog and I talk. I used to be a kid, a bad kid. This is horrible. Oh my God, what? You know, I've never seen that and I just guessed that (laughs) Eddie McDowd was a dog. I don't know why. I think that 100 Deeds, like it sounded like- 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, like I don't know what it was. Like that's so funny. I don't think I've ever seen this show. Folks, if you've ever wanted- That's so amazing that I guessed that. I'm very proud of you. If you've ever wanted to hear two guys in their 30s talk about shows they missed from their teen years, you are in the right place. We're here, baby. Nobody else is doing this. Okay. Uh, The Amanda Show stayed on, but it moved to 8 o'clock in the fall and winter of 2000, and it was followed at 8.30 by No One Knows Best. I don't know what that is. It's a sitcom, and uh, I don't never watched it. And then Caitlin's Way at 9 o'clock. Is it a soap opera? No, it's a drama. I was close. (laughs) How are you doing? You've seen all these. No, Quinn, no, don't no. Lie. I, I'm guessing. Don't lie. I'm guessing based off the titles because Kate. What? There's another something way that's like a soap opera. Curds and way. I think yeah, Ryan's I mean, Hope. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking something like that. Guiding yeah. Light. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a soap opera title, Caitlin's Way. It kind of does. Like, it kind of does. And we mentioned, obviously, all that still at 9.30. Now, here's one, and this show is good, and I know the show, but I don't remember being on no snick. I'm not a fan of this show, but I know a lot of people well, like we're gonna it. we're going to just end the damn show right now, yeah. then. Yeah? Good. The winter of 2000 to the summer of 01 here in Snick House was SpongeBob SquarePants. What do you mean you are not a fan of this show? It launched in the Nicktoons era where I was out. And so I was kind of like, what is this crap? I would see it and everyone's like, oh, it's it's the best Nicktoon of all. People were like hyping the shit out of it. And I'm like, the hell? Quinn, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. Is he Doug? Does he know Mr. Dink? No, he he knows Mr. Krabs. Is he Ren or Stimpy? No. Then I don't care. He's SpongeBob. He knows Patrick. He was trying to horn in on the Ren and Stimpy offbeat stuff. He was not. Do not accuse SpongeBob of horning in on Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, both. But, but no one. They were the originators of weird close-ups and disgusting stuff. I know, but SpongeBob is a little bit different. I mean, it still has some adult humor, but it's yeah. not as scatological, perhaps, as Ren and yeah. Stimpy. Anyway, folks, let us know your thoughts about SpongeBob and why Quinn is wrong. Amanda, I'm sure show, it's great. That like, I'm not it saying it's a bad show. I'm just saying it's I very was good not into it. That's it's a all. great show. Uh, and then the brothers Garcia was the only newcomer in the nine o'clock spot there. What is and this? I don't. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's a sitcom. Okay. 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 That's the, I don't know anything, so I'm not going to so comment on it. People are yelling at us who grew up with the Brothers Garcia. Hey, how do you not like the Brothers Garcia? Well, that's the thing. So we're, we're being transparent here. Yeah. If anyone is asking how we're not giving much information on some of these shows, we're telling you that we didn't see them. But so. I'm sure there's people that are literally like yes. two years younger <laughs> yeah, than right. like not even. They're like 35. <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, they're like 33. They're like, what do you mean you don't know about the Brothers Garcia? Like, it's like right. something like that. That is quite possible. And that's where yeah. you guys come in. Let us know. No, on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Join our group and tell us about the shows that we're unaware of. But we got one more lineup here of Snick to cover. So, 
they brought back the SNCC branding in January of 2002. So there was Good a for them. SNCC house bullshit was over that with, was right? That was crap. I know. It drove me away, clearly. SNCC house. Get out of my house. It's, you're in my house. I'm not in the SNCC yeah, house. I don't want to go to a different house. The couch is usually outside anyway or yeah. whatever. What, 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 what do you mean house? So, we didn't even talk about the big orange couch. We mentioned it briefly. It was a, it's a big orange couch. It's like the mascot of SNCC. Yeah, it's yeah. a mascot. Anyway, I would sit in it. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you? They were like, "It's so cool." Everyone just has to sit in this stupid couch. It's because <laughs> it was orange. Yeah, it's the only reason it worked is because it was Nickelodeon it was orange. Yeah, <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, you're getting very fiery about this latter era snick. Well, well, like, I, I just think that it's it's over, man. This was our thing, and they're they're going too long here. Long on the tooth. Yeah, it's like it's be like the kids that it was made for are gone. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, like seniors. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. Here's what it is quick recap here: the winter of '02 and, and until December of '03. Guess what was in the eight o'clock spot? All that, of course. course. Well, I mean, look at this. It's it's starting to go away. Yeah, I'm starting to see the end. Where this is it? The Amanda show. And then the Nick Cannon show uh, throughout 2002 and three to uh, uh, all that alumni yep. over there. Amanda show moved to nine o'clock when the Nick Cannon show started. We had Tanya. Just from the picture of this, it I looks don't know like it wasn't it for us. <laughs> no. Then uh, cousin Skeeter. Cousin, not why does this sound familiar? It's not, not related Skeet- to Skeeter. From oh, Doug. it's not Skeeter. And then the final eight o'clock slot was. All grown up, December of 03 until January of 05. Wait, is this just when the Rugrats were all grown up? Yeah. I thought it was called Rugrats all grown up. It is, technically. And I, think, I thought it was called Growed Up. They're no, like, like, no, oh, they never funny. said that. You're just, no, that's not true. Uh, this is like 10 years into the future. Rugrats all grown up. I yes. think I watched an episode of this because I was very fascinated at the concept of it. it. I was like, so wait, that means Angelica's got to be like in high school or something, right? Like, what because was she, she like was three. Older than them. Yeah, but not that much, right? They were maybe she was like three or something, wasn't she? Yeah, or I think, four? I think, yeah, so she'd be like 13 and so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and then, and the eight thirty spot was Romeo from, from Fast and Furious, but he fame. wasn't always little Romeo. You know that's true. He's just he was Romeo. I liked now. him in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, well, I liked Brad he, he Taylor. Was very, very good. Yeah, Brad Taylor stunk. He was know, bad kidding. in that movie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He, he's the reason they got deported over to Japan. He's a heel. Yeah. Anyway, and then all that. The 9 o'clock spot, riding off into the sunset. <laughs> it's like, we got to ride it to the end, baby. And they did, and the Amanda Show followed it at 9.30. And as far as SNCC... What did they do to perf- it? Let's, let's briefly wrap that up. So... Like, how does something like this go away? Like, that's what... It is kind of weird, right? The idea of that. It is. So, for the last year of it, September of 04 to January of 05, they were starting to phase out SNCC and calling it simply Saturday Night on Nickelodeon. Why is that? Gradual fade out of the branding probably felt that the kids our age... It was associated with our yeah. era, and they, they were like, the new kids are like, why the hell is it called Snick? I think so. I yeah. think so. It had been on so long that you start to lose identity, if that makes any sense. Like, even TGIF, they had to phase that out at I some guess. point, because it has no connection to how it started. That's so, true. So there must be something with branding and psychology there. It must also be a thing, too. It's like the whole reason it was branded was because it was a huge shift in how Nickelodeon did their programming because the kids of the day back in 1992, yep. the concept of Nickelodeon past 8 o'clock was foreign, right? It oh, was like, sure. It's like, this is just not when Nickelodeon's on. Like, to not we, have we to watch know that. Dick Van Dyke or something? Yeah. You have to watch something for you? Absolutely. 
Uh, what they did with their Saturday Night Programming is... After 2005, they rebranded it just as Teen Nick. Okay, yes. I do remember this briefly because I... Okay, can I ask a weird question? Did you think that they branded it Teen Nick because the kids who grew up with Snick were now in their late teens? And I was like, are they trying to like follow us and like no. keep us watching? I don't because think that's why. we originated with this? Like, I always thought that was part of the motivation. Nah, I think they were gearing towards young teens and preteens who wanted to, you know, step up and be cool. Right, but I thought, oh, Not if us. they make We were the, like 20-something. 2000? No, when they started doing this, 2005. We yeah, were 18 I mean, in 2004. I, no, 2005 is when they started 19. this. And I turned 20 in 2005. Yeah, so I guess... Yeah. I know how old I am. Yeah, we would be too old then. And this lasted until 09, this branding. We yeah. were in our 20s. Okay, they, they knew we were out. They knew we were out, and they moved... Uh, Teen Nick over to its own channel in 2009. It became its own cable channel. Right. All this uh, programming. So Snick's legacy obviously lives on because a lot of the shows we mentioned, Quinn, are, in my opinion, well done shows. Not all of them. Let's Not just, all I want to be clear. Roundhouse, like Roundhouse stinks. Really age bad. And space cases and all that crap. But like, space <laughs> Clarissa is as typical of its time, but very fun, endearing sitcom. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy is awesome. It's a classic. The oh, Adventure of the Dark was great too. It really, it is. I, again, I wasn't the biggest fan, but it is. It's I was really a fan well done. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. Adventures of Pete and Pete is an, a gem. Oh yeah, a gem on the snick. It's still watchable now. And I think you know shows like Keenan and Kel were good, and all that was really good. I didn't watch the later ones, obviously. And Alex Mack was okay, but I think the whole. You know, there's no big crescendo here with with talking about this. It's quietly ended too. It just quietly ended. We know this already about cable and TV. We won't have things like this again because now it just gets its own channel if it is on you know terrestrial television or, or cable television. If it's actually popular, it will just be on Netflix as yeah. just a separate series. Binge watch you know every episode of whatever. We're beyond the era where shows were designed to be in a block, which yeah. is what became, what SNCC started to become, right? The shows were designed to be in SNCC. Yeah, exactly. Or they were designed to launch in SNCC and then go elsewhere afterwards, yeah. use the exposure. So really, I mean, all it did for us was leave the memories in a, in a good way. You know, yeah. I have when I thought of Snick and when we were doing the episode, you know, when I was doing the notes for it and looking into stuff and we were talking about it, it did remind me of being seven, eight, nine, ten years old and feeling like I was watching something meant for me. Yeah. That is the biggest takeaway it I have from it. was excitement about it. Too. Yeah. It was exciting. When it started, it was really exciting. And then... As we age and the shows become different and less familiar and we don't have the time to invest in these new shows and we move on to other things, you Remember start Eddie McDowell and, and Tanya? <laughs> Apparently you do. I, I, <laughs> Eddie McDowell was a... I'm very proud of myself that I guessed that that was about a dog. I'm proud of you too. Folks, we hope you like this. Again, this was a, an overview, a breezy look back over some of the big shows from SNCC and we hope it conjured up some memories and we do want to hear from you. If you were one of those people that's about three years younger than us, that hung on longer than we yeah. did. We want to hear your memories. And if you're like 50 and you're like, I never watched like, any what of is, this. What is this crap? Then we're sorry. But yeah. next week will be, of course, something completely different. So don't you worry. Until then, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our group. And please leave us a review. But until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Yeah.